Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And we love covering unique stories. On this interview, we have uh, the pleasure of interviewing a unique mother and son traveling duo. They're known as Explorer Mom and Explorer Son. And uh, their names are Ruth and Louis. And they're actually in Kenya currently. And they're traveling around the world for the last few years. And on this interview, we're going to be asking both Ruth and her son about their travels, about some of their favorite uh, places they've been to, about their blog called ExploreMom.com, and also about their unique uh, passion for helping out, giving back, and making a difference. Uh, so Ruth, uh, do you want to quickly share a little bit of a backstory of uh, what got you so passionate about traveling? And if you want to share a little bit about your background uh, and uh, uh, tell us about your journey so far. Sure. Hi. Um, we started traveling in 2012, so we've been traveling just pretty close to five years. And uh, we, I was working two jobs and not having a lot of quality time with Louis as a single mum. And I decided that, well, we talked together and we decided we wanted to travel. And um, I couldn't find very many single parent blogs. So I decided to document um, how I went about everything to get the journey started. And um, that's how the blog started, I guess, to be there as a resource for single parents. My blogging was pretty bad at the start and it's grown over time. Yeah. I can definitely relate. I mean, I've been blogging for five years and you know, my first few posts were really atrocious and over the years it's definitely gotten better. Uh, so Louis, I'd love to hear your perspective too. Uh, you know, uh, tell us about your travel so far and some of your favorite places you've been to over the last five years of travel. Guatemala. I like, I like Malaysia. I like uh, Kenya, um, many others. Awesome. Uh, so, Ruth, do you want to quickly cover like uh, what are the different places, uh, countries, and continents you've been to? Uh, do you do it very systematically, or uh, how do you plan your route? And tell us a little bit about the places you've been to so far. Right. We started out in Fiji. And uh, then we went through USA and pretty much we try to keep our feet on the, on the ground, I guess. So once we start, we try and move through a continent. So we went from USA down to Central America, South America. Then we bought a car in uh, England and then drove for a year right across Europe down to Turkey and then back through Eastern Europe and then down through Africa and some of Asia, so 72 countries at the moment. That is impressive. I'm almost uh, close to you. I'm at uh, 66, and we're really inching up to 70. I think in the next few months, uh, when we hit Colombia, Peru, Ecuador, we'll be around the 70 mark as well. Uh, so uh, what do you feel are the greatest benefits for your son? I mean, obviously, as adults, we understand the benefits. But uh, uh, you know, I, I'm also a parent traveling with kids. And I'm always wondering, you know, how, is my son, how my kids are gaining from it? So what have you found? You've been traveling a lot longer than uh, us. Uh, tell us about some of the lessons and um, you know the benefits for your son? Um, I think one thing I've noticed is he's very self-motivated and uh, when you want to learn something, you're very I good, aren't you? Yeah. 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 And so that can be 
we can use locals to help educate and we actually find sometimes the locals are the best education so we might even um, use a local to teach us about marine biology down at the beach or all sorts of things we try and uh, do that and I've found that that's been really good for your confidence and I think one thing I'm really proud of is he's not racist you know traveling around the world has actually kind of really fixed that and I'm shocked that so many other people are but you know and a good understanding of politics I think you've got a really good um, edge on that what else do you reckon uh what, like a whole lot I'm good in? Yeah. Well, like that I'm motivated. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I try to do, I, I do maths every, nearly every day, but today's a break day. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes I write short stories. Or maybe like search up a, 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 a subject. Like recently I did the, the what was it called? The Vervet. Velvet Monkey, that's around this area. And I wrote a little, uh, like I wrote about them and I looked up facts and uh, like what they eat and you know, stuff like that. Awesome, uh, tell us about some of the challenges as well because it's not always positive. Uh, you know, sometimes on social media, you only see the good stuff. You see us with the monuments, the beaches, uh, uh, the happy smiles, <laughs> but uh, you know, obviously the difficult times too. If you want to share about some of the challenges and struggles that you guys face when you're on the road too. Uh, we've had a lot. <laughs> Which ones? Um, I think everything magnifies when you travel. You're out of your security zone, you're out of your comfort. And when things go wrong, they're a lot harder to deal with. And um, that can be anything from, uh, I had someone accidentally pour a cup of coffee over my computer laptop. You know, that was just horrendous. And you're in the middle of a national park in Uganda and the person just stands there because, you know, it's beyond what they're ever used to dealing with and you don't know how to deal with it. What else have we had? We've been, you go on. Oh, no, I'm just thinking. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, we've been in a hotel two doors down from a terrorist attack in Tunisia when it happened. That was pretty full on, wasn't it? I wasn't expecting that. No. <laughs> uh, lots of things, yeah. You just have to uh, learn common sense. And in those situations like Tunisia, I pulled Louis aside and we made our own emergency plan and, and it's listen to mum, don't listen to everybody else. And... Um, what other things have gone wrong? Well, I think it's Miami. No, that wasn't a good one. <laughs> we had a gun pulled on us in Miami. So we've had a lot of uh, challenges, but we keep going. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's part of the travel journey is going through those challenges, like missing buses, missing trains, missing flights, uh, you know, um, uh, having, um, you know, issues around you, safety, etc. So uh, I think that's pretty normal what you've gone through. I mean, it's pretty scary too. I mean, having a, pull, a gun pulled you, et cetera. Uh, tell us about the laptop incident. I could just imagine, I mean, uh, all of my work as a digital nomad is based on my laptop. Without my laptop, I have no job. I have no work. I have no means to uh, support myself. So how did you handle it when um, um, you had that laptop uh, incident happen, Ruth? Uh, it was hard. Yeah, it was really hard. Um, being in Africa, it was a couple of years ago, the girl, it was a slatted table, so she put one of those coffee pots down with the little legs 
and the little leg missed the slat and it just a whole pot of boiling coffee with the grinds went through my keyboard on burning my legs and I just grabbed my laptop which is an Apple Mac and tried to flip it watched it slowly die and um well, yeah I, I didn't have my laptop then so we couldn't have done anything no we had nothing so and it was a uh, Friday afternoon so we knew that everything was closed for the weekend and we were in a national park staying in a it was quite luxury but it was like a grass top uh safari lodge and uh we had to drive hundreds of miles to the um to the capital city to try and get it repaired but it was irreparable they saved the hard drive at least got my, my information in uganda we didn't have it was hard like trying to get out yeah uganda. that was another thing you did mention the gun story too. Sorry, I got to ask about that one too. That sounds uh, scary. Uh, tell us a little bit about what happened there and how you survived. Well, Louis wanted to pull the, you know, the dinger dog. He was young. He was young. Eight. He wanted to pull Around. the bell on the bus. He was having a bit of a whinge because everybody was pulling it. Wait a second. What did you turn? Sorry. Just remember, this is on the side of a Walmart, a very big Walmart. And we got out near the Walmart, and the guy got out and pulled the trigger and uh, and said, "I'm going to stop you whinging with a few swear words," and uh, went off at Louis, and it was pretty full on. So we ran. <laughs> For some reason, there wasn't a bullet. Yeah. And he only pulled the safety trigger off. He didn't actually click the trigger. Well, you know, I think thanks to God that you survived that uh, scary encounter. Uh, you know, that, that's probably one of the scariest things that happened. You know, I could just imagine how much fear uh, that would drive in you. You did at the time. Mm. Yeah, because it was in the daytime too. So it's not like we were anywhere, just in the wrong place at the wrong time. It could happen to anybody in the world and it could happen to anyone living in the USA. So it's not a story, don't go traveling mm -hmm. because... Anything can happen anywhere. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'd be curious to know a little bit more about your education uh, of your son. I mean, uh, I think um, as parents, that's one of our big fears is like, how are we going to teach them what, what they need to learn? Uh, we have young kids. I mean, uh, I have a five-year-old. Uh, uh, if you're watching the video, you'll be able to see her. Her name's Rianne. And then I have a three-year-old Ryan, and then I have a one-year-old Renzo. And uh, obviously, they're so young. Uh, that we've just pulled them out of preschool, so it's not like they're missing some massive uh, education at this point, but they're actually learning a lot more as world schoolers. Uh, I'm interested uh, to learn about how you've managed uh, homeschooling, world schooling, um, uh, and taught Louis while on the road and in the planes and on the buses and on the ferries and in different countries and cities. Tell us a little bit about the education. Okay, when we left Australia, I spoke with his teachers and we were all set to homeschool. So we pretty much were going to do a certain amount of time every day doing the homeschooling. And then when we got to the Amazon jungle in uh, Ecuador, one day we'd been out six, six o'clock in the morning and Louis had seen what? Pink dolphins, all sorts of things. And he was so tired. And we got back after lunch and I said to him, okay, time for schoolwork. And he had a bit of a meltdown. And then I just realized, I thought, what am I doing? He's just experienced the Amazon jungle and you'd trodden on a snake, hadn't you? Yeah, there was all sorts of stuff that we'd experienced that day that seeing a toucan, I think we'd seen a toucan at six o'clock in the morning, there'd been incredible experiences. And 
so we dropped the books after that. I thought you can write about your day, but that's everything else you're learning by osmosis, really. And we, we lightened up a lot. So, um, but now I think, uh, what's your latest thing that you really, really enjoy doing, Louis? You can talk about that. Well, I make remixes of music. And Photoshop? And I like to do, I use Photoshop a lot. And I've been learning a lot through that. So, uh, Ruth, is there anything you have to supplement? I mean, it's one thing to world school. Uh, world schooling will obviously teach you about um, everything. Really, you need to know everything from geography to culture to history. Uh, is there anything you have to supplement through actual traditional learning, uh, textbooks, YouTube videos? Uh, uh, what does world schooling miss? Uh, the biggest one is maths, isn't it? Yeah, that's the hard one, is maths. You can do currency conversion. That helps. Um, because the world schooling doesn't really help you maths or anything like that. It's like, there's nothing. No, there's nothing on the so, actual, you go on. No, you said, sorry. Yeah, there's nothing like doing your fractions and learning your multiplication tables and all of that fundamental things that you would learn in a classroom that you learn from memory. That's really... I try to devote myself to one hour a day, but today's a break day. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard. So he's, um, and writing? I don't think his writing would be up to scratch, is it? <laughs> what do you mean? Do you like your writing style? Because you My don't write writing. as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, what are you doing, uh, Ruth and Louis, about uh, those things like uh, writing and arithmetic? Uh, what can you do uh, so that you can ensure that they're not uh, left behind? I'm asking for yourself, your son, but also my kids and also other world schooling kids. Um, well, what I do for writing is like if, you, if you're at some place, uh, you can like search something you're interested in and then you can write it down like search up the facts about the history, about that certain subject. For um, grammar, he started writing blogs now. So we, he'll write that, then I'll correct this. He has to write it where there's no Grammarly or anything. The spelling errors and the punctuation problems and then I'll correct it uh, and return it to him and he has to fix it. So that's one way. But that doesn't involve handwriting, but that's that's really helped you, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. um, and maths, I think you just have to sit down and do the sums. We do a lot of it, get it offline, pretty much. It's just, you just have to devote the time. So, yeah. And sometimes he goes to school in Uganda. He went to a local school and we uh, paid the teacher to give him extra lessons to help him catch up. Sounds good. Uh, I know you're really passionate about uh, giving back, making a difference, volunteering, doing charity kind of work, uh, random kind, acts of kindness, etc. I see it. Uh, we're friends on Facebook. I see it all the time. Your social media on your blog, etc. Uh, tell us more. Uh, tell us about why uh, you choose to travel this way as opposed to doing the traditional sightseeing, bucket list items, checking out the monuments, etc. Okay. It started when we wanted to travel. I wanted to have a purpose to traveling besides it just being us. And we were selling our house and I had probably compensated the lack of time that I had with Louis 
by buying him a huge quantity of toys. And I mean huge quantity. Too many. Too many. So Louis suggested, we'd been to Fiji before and Louis suggested that we actually uh, pack up the toys and take them to the poor children in Fiji. So we did that. So that's how we started. So that started, we thought we're going to have a focus. And then when we got there, we visited a remote village and discovered they needed a lot more than toys because they didn't have shoes, they didn't have underwear, they were very poor. And we started to raise funds with our friends. So that's how that started. And then I think we just sort of tried to find needs and see people in needs and help them out. Uh, tell us more about the random acts of kindness. I, I think you do a lot of that as well. Uh, yeah, well, some of the ones we do. Uh, it can, okay, he's gone a bit shy. Um, anything, it can be anything. Um, I was telling you earlier, there was someone I knew that had a really chronic toothache in uh, here in Kenya and was in agony. So I decided to, you know, pay for them to go to the dentist. Um, it can be, we just try and find needs. If I see someone with no shoes, I try and buy, try and give them shoes. If we, if we see people that look hungry, we try and give them food. It, it can just be, we try and be practical. Um, sometimes we don't, we try not to give out money. We try and more so meet needs. So sometimes like we were in an area a couple of years ago in Kenya after there'd been a terrorist attack and no, there was no tourism. So we decided to um, actually help the locals by almost employing them. So I'd pay someone to go and give Louis swimming lessons, even though he probably wouldn't have to be able to swim. We tried to do, make them have self-esteem with their issues. Um, sometimes we try and do that. I don't know what else we do. We'll just really try and be practical in, in what we find is needs. But we did help out in Uganda for a couple of months in a, um, a school and a mission. So that's when, and it was in a quite a remote area. The locals had no water or electricity. The school had no electricity. Louis went to the school. So um, most of them didn't have a bed. They just slept on a mud floor. It was really extreme. So we raised money with our friends to buy them mattresses and sheets and because if you can't have a good night's sleep how are you going to study well how are they going to change their life to stop that situation yeah see it's better to give things because especially if there's drinking problems and things like that as well it helps yeah awesome definitely inspiring uh, what you guys are doing uh tell us about uh the whole money side of things uh, how do you save money while you're traveling uh through things like house sitting, um, you know, uh, budgeting, et cetera. And also how do you make money so you can keep traveling uh, if you want to touch on the money aspect too? Okay, uh, we do sell our photography. That's one, we've got a, about three photography sites. So that that's one thing we're doing at the moment. Um, blogging is uh, probably one of the worst ways you can make money in the world. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend anybody thinking they're gonna start blogging and getting rich. Um, there are a bit of money on with blogging and um, house sitting, yes, definitely. You save a lot of money. And also just we have a very nice apartment we're renting at the moment that we would get, we would never get in Australia for Imagine this money. Imagine this apartment in Sydney. 
Oh yeah, it would be eight times the price, and yet we Not haven't even eight, about more, much more. Than yeah. So and we've we've got a lovely apartment here that's furnished with a cleaner that comes twice a week, in a beautiful gated property with two pools, and it's at a very affordable price. So you just you do your research. We we looked at twenty places until we found this. You do your research. You look around, and um, yeah, there are ways. Even even finding budget things or holiday specials on on the internet, you've just got to look, and there are ways. Yeah. So I know you've done quite a lot of different house sits. Uh, tell us more about uh, which house sitting sites you use, and any tips for people who are wanting to do a little bit more house sitting or, or even house sitting for the first time. Any tips there? Okay. Um, we like house sitting, but I think that I um, would recommend somebody to get themselves almost like a job resume for house sitting to get get together to look professional. So um, get even if you haven't house sat before, get yourself some references together from your friends. Um, know what animals you you can look at and know your limits. So um, we did one where it had too many animals and twenty. Animals. Twenty-four. Four dogs. Twenty animals. Twenty-four animals, yeah. A turkey. That was insane. Uh cats. Cats. Ducks. Ducks. Chickens. Chickens. And that was a bit too much. So we've learnt um along the way what, what we're capable of doing and what we enjoy doing. And um we use quite a few sites. Obviously, trusted house sitters is probably one of the biggest sites. But I've also learned, um, we don't go back to Australia very much, but there are sites that are good for Australia that are no good for other parts of the world. There's sites for Mexico that are good for Mexico. I didn't know that when I started house sitting, so I probably limited what we could pick. Um, so, and like for example, um, house sit match. She's a lovely lady, but she's really good on Spain and, and England and, um, so there's various sites for various areas, and um, it might sound like it costs a lot to join up some of those various ones, but say if they're $60 to join, that's one night in a hotel. That, you know, and the joining fee and the rest of it, you're exchanging your, your love and care for those animals in that property in exchange for- And you um, get like a bed, and it's more than one night. Exactly, yeah. So it's good. Awesome. Uh, so Ruth, uh, you guys are documenting this whole journey of yours to inspire other people. Uh, it's called Exploramum, a really cool URL and uh, you know a catchy uh, name, obviously. Tell us a little bit more about the blog. Um, what kind of topics are you writing about on the blog? At the moment, um, we're stopping in Kenya for three months. So it's really good because I can do a lot of Kenya-based topics. Um, anything from, obviously we have to support ourselves, so there might be top hotels to stay in Kenya, but there's, um, we could make a little bit of money off those hotel bookings if people choose that site. Even though it doesn't cost them anymore, we get a little bit of a, what do you call it? A percentage. Um, I write about uh, single parenting at the moment. That's a topic I'm trying to do. Uh, what else? Louis's been writing some really cool articles. What's a few you've written lately? I've written one about tax. No, I've yes. written that one. I wrote 
uh, top questions you should never ask me. And the first and the number one spot was, don't ask me what my favorite country is. Uh, it's so funny because uh, I did a little pre-interview with them and my daughter was on there and then <laughs> the first question she asked is, what is your favorite country? So I think that's a normal, typical question people have. Yeah. So, um, he writes a few. We try and be a bit varied as well. Um, I do some hotel reviews and Louis makes some makes YouTube reviews. Um, he edits them. So that um, gets him a bit of pocket money and we try and split it up a bit. And uh, we try and uh, target more the nicer places to stay and um, encourage people to try and find some good, um, lovely locations. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, you know, uh, you, you mentioned that traveling as a single parent. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of challenges just traveling generally. Traveling as a family is challenging. Uh, traveling as a single parent is probably challenging, but there's also a lot of blessings of uh, being a single parent who's traveling with your son in terms of the bonding and the connection. I can just tell you guys have such a strong bond as mother and son. Tell us about, uh, uh, you know, um, the single parenting journey and uh, single parenting travel journey. Right. Um, certainly it has its challenges. Things like what do you do with the luggage when you've got a seven-year-old that needs to go to the toilet and you don't feel confident? sending him in there by himself or whatever. And then what do you do when you need to go to the toilet and you have to leave your seven-year-old outside with the luggage at a bus station in South America? But Things like got that. Time. Yeah, we've got to go over that because you're older. But there are a lot of challenges. What do you do when you get sick? Um, you know, um, things like that that have happened. And um, yeah. Even things like border crossings can be quite challenging as a single parent and you've got to be changing money from country, you've got to watch your child, do all these things. So there are a lot of challenges, but then at the same time, like you say, there are a lot of uh, blessings and good things and we have an agreement that if one of us doesn't like a place, we talk about it and um, we'll move on. If that person's having a horrible time, we respect that. And... Um, what else would there be? No. <laughs> um, obviously, the bonding is a pretty big thing. I think that's probably the wonderful thing that we have. If I'd left it until I probably could afford it really well, he would have been 16 and not interested in seeing his mother. Um, so the time, you've only got limited time, I think, when you can really um, have your child out of school and... Um, yeah, exactly. Things will change. So we've, we've utilised the time as best we could in the years that we had. You know, good on you. Uh, that's one of the reasons we're travelling when the kids are so young because they'll be a lot harder when they're older, obviously, when they have their friendships, their school, uh, etc. So we made the decision, kind of like you, to travel when they're young. Uh, so there are a lot of other single parents who might be watching this or listening if they're listening on iTunes. Uh, and they're struggling to travel more because of the money factor, because of the fear factor. Uh, so what would you say to that parent, that single mom, that single dad who wants to travel more, but they don't know where to start? Okay. First of all, you have to start with your budget. You can't spend more than what you've got. So for me, we, we really were very cautious when we started planning. We took 18 months to plan this trip before we started. 
and that involves selling the house but also we had some systems in place to start making money i used to go to garage sales and buy things secondhand and then make money putting them on ebay and um, all sorts we did what we could to make extra money and we were careful with our money and we've been very careful with our money and that's made it last so um, we didn't have a big budget to start with but we've survived five years you know and it's i'm i'm still amazed that we've made the money last that long and traveling is less expensive than actually having a house because you don't have half the bill my my travel insurance is covered by my credit card my um where i would have a house insurance a car insurance all these other things that you have you don't have when you're traveling so there's a lot a lot of money to be saved by actually traveling especially if you're house sitting you can save so much money with house sitting you've got your food expenses your clothing and your transportation but you're not going as many places so you can save a lot of money even if you move just move slowly around the country you can definitely do it um i th i think i'd say give it a try if, if parents are wanting to house sit give it a try and know your boundaries and um yeah just try it out if it doesn't work i'm very happy to answer single parents questions i get a lot of single parents writing to me asking me things and i'm more than happy to say this is how we did it and that's i think that's why i documented it in the start to say that it's it's achievable and you can do it and okay we've had a couple of scary situations but overall we've had a, a really wonderful um time and the only thing i would probably do different is i would go a bit slower we went really fast and i think we both worn out. a bit worn out yeah not so much now but 72 countries is a lot yes yeah, those are definitely some of my lessons as well as a uh, pack lighter and travel slower. Yeah, I don't know if I'd pack lighter. So I, I, I like my Sorry? creature comforts. I don't know if I would pack lighter because I like my creature <laughs> comforts now. I think when you're traveling long term, you um, you can only go without for so long, and then you kind of think, oh, I wish I had this. I wish I had that. And so now I carry it. <laughs> Awesome, uh, Ruth, our daughter joined us again as she's running around and she said, I really want to ask a question. So what question do you have, Rianne? Where are you going next? Oh, you can answer that. Bangkok, Thailand. And then uh, what's the vision for the future? I mean, uh, you're in Africa now, you're going to be going to Asia. Tell us about uh, where do you see yourself going? Is your plan to visit every country in the world? Or um, tell us a little bit more about your big grand vision. Um, Louis had a goal for how many countries at the start? 100. We're, we're, we're trying. It's not really a goal. It's just if we get there, it's exciting. Yeah, so he'd, he'd like to get to 100 countries which I think is achievable. You know, we're not that far off it. Um, so that actually, it's hard because Bangkok's an easy stopover on the way back to Australia, but there are other countries we would like to go just for the number counting. And, and you need to be, you need to weigh up, is it just a number or do you really want to see it? And so there's some countries we don't go to because we've got no interest in them. And there's a lot of countries we want to go back to because we've liked them so much. 
or we've made friends there. And um, so now I think we're starting to repeat countries a lot. Yeah. Like we've gone from 68 to 72 in a year because all the countries we did last year, we just about did twice. So you don't count new countries. So we've only done, I think, two or three in the last year that are new. Yeah. Well, I look forward to celebrating with you when you hit that 100 uh, country mark. Uh, it's not that far away, you know. Uh, I'm sure you're going to achieve it soon in the next couple of years. Uh, so, uh, Louis, Louis and also uh, Ruth, if people wanted to find out more about your journey, maybe they want to ask uh, from a teenager's perspective, uh, from a kid's perspective, and also from a mom's perspective, how can they connect with you? Uh, how, where can they ask questions to? And what's the website by which they can read more about your travel journeys? Okay, the website's Explore a Mum, but it's got A like an apple in the middle, not an ER. Um, so, exploreamum.com. And I have Facebook as well. Um, that's a really good place to reach us. Explore a Mum and Explore a Son is our Facebook. If you want to reach me specifically, I have a Twitter and YouTube account. So, we can give you yeah. that if you want. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. I will put those in the show notes. Do you have them uh, handy there? Uh, now. Oh, we can, uh, what's your name on your... Uh, my YouTube name is S-Y-N-K. Sync. Sync. And my Twitter handle is RealSync. R-E-A-L Sync. Awesome. Hey, I'm super inspired by hearing your story. You know, uh, I, I love what you guys are doing. Uh, keep up the good work, and we look forward to maybe connecting somewhere in the world. You know, the world is small, and, uh, you know, us travelers, we usually intercross somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah, we love that. I hope so. <laughs> Definitely. Then our kids can play together. Uh, so, Ruth, uh, once again, uh, uh, you can connect with her. Her website is called exploramum.com, and uh, through there you can definitely connect with her son as well. And make sure you follow him on Twitter too and subscribe to him on YouTube. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thanks everyone for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery where we teach you how to make money when traveling the world. And we love these unique stories. So if you have a unique story to tell, uh, make sure you connect with us, digitalnomadmastery.com. Uh, follow us on all of our social media. If you're listening to us on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. And if you're watching this, subscribe to us on YouTube. So happy travels, everyone, and we'll see you in the next episode.